Chapter 8 And He Appeared Before the Masses As quickly as the chaos caused fear, it began to cause curiosity. People perceived the immediate threat to be over, and their attention turned towards the explosion. Through the cloud of dust, they could barely see a silhouette still holding the soldier by the back of his body armor. The soldier had his hands clasped around Sam's fist as though he were futilely trying to break his grip. Though he could move, he was stuck. His legs squirmed and wiggled, but it was as though he had become pinned down by the weight of a building. Sam drew his other hand and forearm back over his opposite shoulder and waved it swiftly across his body. As he did so, a massive wind rushed out from him and cleared away the dust that was still lingering in the air. People were blown back a step or two as they covered their faces from the dust flying at them. As the wind passed and attention drew back towards Sam, there were gasps and screams. People could not believe what they were seeing, and rightly so. Before them stood a man that exploded from the ground. He was the man that forced the dust from around him with a mere gesture, but these were only minor things compared to what else they saw. In front of them was a man that was surrounded by an ominous red glow. The lustrous red light seemed to flicker from him on all sides. The glow was intense, but not bright. It radiated from him about five feet in all directions and performed like swirling water in a bottle at the base and like a flame at the top. Little pieces of debris floated up from the ground inside of the glow. It was truly a sight to behold, and it was only a matter of seconds before cell phones came out and began to film him. Sam hurled the soldier from his side. He slammed into the windshield of a car, stopped about 20 feet from the explosion. The man took a second to gather himself, realizing that his prayers had been answered. He also realized that his body armor saved him from any serious damage caused by slamming into the car's windshield. Luck favored the prepared. Slowly, he rolled off of the hood of the sedan and painfully brought himself to his feet. He looked at Sam with a look that questioned, what next? Swirling in the powerful red glow was the thing that killed 29 of his buddies. Violently and viciously, this man annihilated seasoned warriors, warriors that had fought by his side in some of the most serious battles he had ever experienced. Warriors that were trained, heavily armed, and well-guarded by shields and body armor. What would he do to these people? The shock of that thought overwhelmed and paralyzed him. He was barely able to cope with the horrific scene he had just endured. The mere thought of seeing all of these innocent people die was just too much. He just stared at Sam as he slumped down against the car he had just smashed into. Just then, Sam's eyes locked with the soldier. The glowing white gaze of his was mesmerizing. It burned deep into the soldier's soul. It was the kind of stare that showed utter dominance and control powerful in will, confident and deadly. Without warning, a thought popped into the beaten soldier's head. Although it wasn't a thought in his voice, the thought was ferocious and intimidating. It growled as it spoke and reverberated through his mind, not allowing any other thoughts to pass. 
It was excruciatingly loud in nature, like standing next to a speaker at a concert. I will kill them all, the voice said. The soldier felt incredibly nauseous as the piece of malicious verbiage echoed through his head. Then, it clicked. The thought belonged to the monster, not him. That's why he wasn't moving or attacking. He was waiting. This monstrosity of a person wanted people to run in fear. The soldier looked around to see everyone on the street mesmerized, just as he was. No one was moving. They all just stared in disbelief at this thing before him. The soldier looked back at Sam. Suddenly, the red glow surrounding him pulsed out a bit and began to change colors. From the reddish hue that it was, the pulse became more of a gold that started to swirl even faster. Again, the thought raced to the soldier's head. I will kill them all. Only this time, it was far stronger and much louder. He didn't feel as much nausea as he did before. Instead, he was overcome by a sense of purpose. His adrenaline began to flow as he realized that the only way to protect these people from what was about to happen was to make them scared, to get them to put down their damn phones and run. He couldn't be scared anymore. He had only a moment to get them out of there. He needed to act. He had to do it right then before it was too late. The soldier stood up and began running towards the people, shouting and waving his arms, run, go, you gotta go. Quickly, the attentions of those staring at Sam were broken by the soldier screaming at them to run. First, it was only a few that paid attention and began to run, but within seconds, there was a full-scale panic as people fled from their cars and stores and started running away from the glowing man standing in the middle of the street. The screams of men and women filled the air and overpowered the still chirping alarms. The soldier ran with them for only a few feet before he looked back. He stopped running and turned back towards Sam. It was as though he was compelled to stay and see what happened next. He could hear the sound of helicopters and sirens coming towards them. The police were unaware of what they were rushing into. If this monster treated them anything like he treated those men down in that hole, things were about to get bloody. Like a beam of light from heaven, a spotlight flashed down on Sam from the sky. It was the light of a police helicopter. An amplified voice pierced through the air, shouting orders. Get down, face first, on the ground. The police helicopter was barking. Get down or we will open fire. Just then, a second beam of light burst from another helicopter to further eliminate Sam. This is your final warning. Get down face first on the ground or we will be forced to shoot you. From every direction, dozens of police cars screeched onto the scene. Officers jumped out of their vehicles and took cover behind the car doors and the bodies of their cruisers and SUVs. Several pulled up behind the soldier as well. Four police officers ran in front of the soldier and began rushing him out of the line of fire. The chief for this group of officers was close to where they had ushered him to, and he could hear the helicopter speaking to him over the radio. What should we do, sir? The helicopter asked. I don't quite know what that thing is. Let's see if we can get his attention, the chief said. Fire a warning shot. Copy that, replied the chopper. 
There was a loud crack that echoed against the buildings as a spark flashed off of the asphalt. Sam did not flinch. Slowly, he turned his head to look up at the helicopter. It was a look of dismissal. It was a look that said, shoot me. I dare you. His attention turned back to the soldier. I will kill them all. The soldier heard in his head again. This time, it was so intense that he puked. Doubled over on his knees, the soldier struggled to gain control of his nausea. Lifting himself back to his feet by using the side of a police car, he wiped the vomit from his lips and mumbled to himself, Yeah, I get it. Kill them all. Trying to shake his nausea, he struggled to put one foot in front of the other as he made his way towards that police chief. Slowly at first, but then he began to run. His sudden sprint drew the attention of many other officers close to the chief. They quickly intercepted and pointed their weapons at him. Don't move, they shouted. The soldier stopped and threw his hands in the air. Don't shoot him. Don't shoot him. He shouted at the top of his lungs. If you shoot him, he will kill all of you. Dismissing the soldier as some raving lunatic, the police chief sent the order to the helicopter. Take the shot. There was another crack that echoed from the buildings. One of the police helicopters fired a single round at Sam. That round stopped inches from the side of his head. Still spinning in mid-air was a high-caliber bullet hovering there, waiting to deal a death blow to Sam. If it had not stopped, it would have torn his head completely from his body. As he stood there, brooding, turning to look at the bullet, the glow around Sam began to pulse and turn from gold to a deep, dark purple. And then it sucked inward and swiftly disappeared. The bullet stopped spinning and dropped lifelessly to the ground, bouncing as it settled. Sam squatted down and jumped straight up, traveling almost too fast for the perception. Bits of asphalt and dust followed him upwards as he left the ground with ferocious intent. As quickly as he left the ground, he collided with the tail section of the first helicopter, completely severing it from the rest of the aircraft. A burst of fire and smoke exploded from the severed section of the helicopter. It went into an uncontrollable spin. As a burst of fire and smoke exploded from the severed section of the helicopter, it went into an uncontrollable spin. The piece of the tail that was knocked off came screaming down and crash-landed on the adjacent roof of the turmoil below. The falling hunk of metal created a massive gash in the roof as the rotor blades cut through the layers of tar paper and insulation that covered the building. The rest of the helicopter drifted for a moment as Sam came crashing back down to the ground sending a ripple-like shockwave outward and rupturing the pavement. The helicopter smashed into the side of a building eight stories above the street. A shower of glass came flying away from the building along with chunks of the body and propellers. Onlookers and cops scattered to avoid being sliced open by the falling debris. The helicopter lodged itself in the corner of the glass building. The lights in the entire building flickered for a moment, then suddenly went dark. Completely unsatisfied by the blow dealt to the helicopter, 
Sam swiftly picked up an abandoned taxi cab by sinking his hands deep into the cheap metal that housed the front of it. And with little difficulty at all, he chucked it towards the destroyed helicopter as easily as someone might throw an empty, plastic trash can. After a brief and silent flight through the air, the car crashed into the helicopter, causing a colossal explosion that sent more debris tumbling down on the street and sidewalk that was now devoid of civilians. The second helicopter backed away, though it kept the spotlight on the fuming shell of a man that Sam had become. Many of the police officers did not wait for an order to fire. They just witnessed this thing, this monster, take out a helicopter carrying several of their fellow officers. For them, that was all the permission they needed. The first wave came from behind him. It was a mix of shots from multiple kinds of guns. Some were police-issued pistols and others were high-caliber assault rifles. As they did so, many times before, the bullets just bounced off of him. But just as before, each time aggression was sent his way, he sent it back with lethal consequences. In retaliation, he started throwing cars at them. As a baseball player scooping up one ground ball after another, he easily pitched cars parked at the meters on the roadside. First, a Mercedes, then a Tahoe, and finally, a Hummer. All three vehicles flew through the air and struck their intended targets with pinpoint accuracy. The crushing sound of metal on metal as the car smashed into the ground and the barricade of police officers was chilling and horrific all at the same time. Even more gut-wrenching was the sight of blood exploding from the wreckage of the twisted metal and shattered glass. Every officer left standing opened fire. Sam stumbled ever so slightly from the wave of bullets that besieged him. Though none of them could break through his skin, the sheer amount of the force from so many high-powered weapons only posed a slight threat to his balance. Then, he pushed back. The deep purple glow once again consumed him and forced its way outward about 10 feet from his body. Bullets could not penetrate through the dark and thick energy. Another thunderous roar belted from the bottom of his lungs towards the heavily armed aggressors. The rush of wind that followed picked up grime from the street and hurled it at them. Those without face masks were forced to cover their eyes from the blinding wall of wind and dirt that plowed towards them. Sam crouched at his knees and left the ground once more, leaving behind a crater of cracked concrete and asphalt. His trail of energy that remained in his wake looked like the cloud of mist falling from a rocket launched from deep underwater. He had reached a height of around 100 feet before he began to fall. On his descent, the energy that surrounded him shifted to a bright green and a blast of light. It was apparent that his targets were the closest officers to him, and there was no doubt about it. At this point, Sam was going to kill every single one of them. Without any warning, a bright light shot across the sky from the north like a comet. It intercepted Sam in his descent. The light collided with him, 
and took him out of sight in less than a second, leaving the police still cowering, wondering what just happened. Ever so reluctant to return to a fully upright position, the officers scanned the sky, expecting the monster they were just battling to return with all of its rage and fury. The chief gave the order to remain ready and not to let their guard down. The soldier stood up first and surveyed the scene. He tried to assimilate what he was seeing and what he experienced a few moments ago. A very hollow look consumed his eyes. His face was covered with a mixture of dirt and the blood of his teammates that were slaughtered in that cavernous room below. Scratches decorated the sides of his whiskered covered cheeks. The fatigues that he was wearing were bloodstained and beaten. Tiny holes were torn in them from all the chaos. Tired and devoid of any ability to process the situation with any real mental stability, he stood there as the officers rose to their feet. Everything began to move in slow motion as they started to scatter in an attempt to save their fallen brethren. Some were shouting. Others simply fell to their knees crying. There were no real words in their minds to describe the carnage that decorated the street. Rarely had any of the officers seen an occasion to draw their guns from their holsters. The only real firefight action they had seen came from the firing range or simulated combat. This was a whole new level of extreme for them. For the average civilian, this was far more violence than they would see in several lifetimes. Those that were not completely crippled by fear and awe took to the scene, some to help. Others broke out cell phones and cameras to document the breathtakingly horrendous event. Today would be a day for the history books. The day they saw a single man defy authority with such violent behavior and otherworldly power. This day would be the day they would call the first day in the years to come. Meanwhile, the white burst of light that whisked Sam away deposited him onto some rooftop miles from the destruction and carnage he caused. Though he tried intently to free himself and attack this bizarre white light, he couldn't move. He was paralyzed, almost sedated. The anger left him. There was no more glow or screams of fury. Blind rage no longer filled his every breath. Sam peered deeply into the mesmerizing light. He could barely make out the shape of a human-looking figure. He could not see its face or any distinguishable features for that matter. As the seconds passed, drowsiness washed over him like a wave kissing the shore. In his last moments of consciousness, the figure leaned in close and whispered, All that power is pointless unless you can control it. 